Hello, and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by award-winning director Brian Redondo and Savan Jones, aka Captain Bonnie. This is episode 121, and we enter the sewers of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I'm confident that it's going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. Incredible! Hello, gentlemen. Hey. We're coming to you from the confidently wrong bin of broken parts hosts now. Wesley's been sick all week and dealing with Kaya. Savan is dealing with some... Uh, some migraines this whole week and not getting his sleep in. I don't it's know what awful. Brian's. Brian is uh looking a little bit dark. Maybe he's uh maybe he's also dealing with migraines. Yo, are you? Don't be colorist. <laughs> <laughs> Filipino, bro. Yeah, bro. Like I know, I know in my community that's a thing. But you know, I know that's that's you know. To clarify, is... he's in a dark room. A dark room. Looks uh-huh. What's with that dog whistle? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Put that hose down. Yikes. Existential dread. Yikes. Maybe that's what you got over there, Brian. The existential Internal- dread. I internalized that racism. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> All right. That felt pretty external. To me. <laughs> right? I'm like, hey, bro, keep it to yourself. Be problematic in your own home. Wait till the mic's off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to see you, gentlemen. I'm glad. I'm glad we could get together, even though we're uh, we're struggling a little bit today we do it for uh, y'all listeners yeah hell yeah um all right t tmnt oh i definitely spelled that wrong on the show notes it says tnmt teenage new tint ninja turtles cowabunga <laughs> so we're gonna talk about that was the good the new ninja. turtles movie uh by seth rogan uh our good friend the uh you know the the comedian but uh he's producing this i don't know if he i don't think he directed it but he wrote it um, he he got like one eighth the writing credit. Did you see? There was like, like five all the writers. Yeah, listed? there was like five yeah. writers, which is. But I mean, I feel like writing generally does take place as like a collaborative thing. So I'm glad that like everybody got a got a piece of the pie. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm the head writer, so I get all the credit. Yeah, but big school project energy of just you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who gets the little uh. Like preamble before the movie. Oh, Seth Rogen does. He does. He gets uh, all he, the credit. The big... who, who, who gets all of that? Yeah. He... But I got to give the man props because he he is also the producer and the force behind the Invincible animated series. And now he's he's bringing us a new and fresh take on Ninja Turtles. Uh, and so, like, you know, the man's got his his comic book bona fides going on. He's got uh, range. And, and bring it to, it, uh, to us on the big screen. Amazing. Agreed. So Agreed. before before we get jump into the movie, I want to mm-hmm. know how big of an impact has Turtles had on your life, your childhood? Like, what what do you remember about you know Turtles in a non you know movie context? Maybe well, I guess it could be movies as well. Oh, Savan, are you? I know Turtles are big, but you also sort of like were a little bit later than Turtles. But did you did you have them come up in your life? Did you have the action toys, or did you watch them on TV? Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Ninja Turtles was a huge part of my childhood. Keep in mind, just a lot of the films came out in the 90s, so even if I was a baby back then, 
keep in mind those movies still existed later into the 90s so <laughs> they don't just disappear as, immediately you're saying yeah yeah like i was still five years old in the late 90s watching ninja turtle movies like i forget which one but what was the one where shredder they're fighting shredder underground it's like a collapsing thing oh that's you know number you, two secret of the ooze i think that was my first ninja turtles movie loved it like that was one of those i had it on vhs as a kid me and my brother would watch that shit on repeat like that space jam jurassic park were like uh we'll watch that movie and then right when the credits roll run it back we watching it again like <laughs> yeah. like it was one of them rewind, kind of, rewind. run it back uh that was my joint you know i used to watch pretty much all the ninja turtles cartoons like i used to watch the uh 2003 series I remember that 2007 TMNT movie. Uh, I've enjoyed Ninja Turtles. I used to. We all used to play the arcade game. I'm sure with the little side scroller, oh, beat them up. Game. Nah, so, yeah. I mean Ninja Turtles is a, a big part of my childhood. I always watched it as a kid. Wait, the on the video thing- game, did you always get thrown off when they were like? in the western part and then they ended up on the train like that always no did me. i was like no because i was a, no because i was a kid and i just wanted to be a ninja turtle beating people up and i did that so where it was happening when you have ninja literal ninja turtles <laughs> yeah. the location part isn't what breaks my suspension of disbelief right. <laughs> like, but uh no nah, i'm a huge ninja turtle They're fan i'm grown up to flawless it logic. <laughs> yeah no nah, but i'm a big lifelong fan always love the series i love the games the movies the tv shows I've enjoyed it as a young adult, as a grown adult, as a kid. Uh, big fan. Did you relate to any of the turtles more than any of the other ones? I used to like Raphael because he was like the badass of the group and was mm. like, Rah! yeah. And uh, but as I get older, I became more of a Donatello fan because I liked that he was kind of more of the brains of the group, and I liked his vibe. Nice. I felt like sometimes he got short. He got no pun intended to shorten the stick sometimes, <laughs> writing wise. But I think that's got. I, I think newer iterations of the team have gotten way better about making Donatello uh, way more interesting. But uh, in I'm some a big of the Donatello properties, haven't fan. they? Hadn't they kind of like implied that he's got maybe a little bit of like ASD, like autism spectrum disorder? Some of the newer this one ones, didn't like, have not, that, but not this one. But like, there's one that's on Nickelodeon <clears throat> where they really lean into him being like a nerd and not having like picking up on social cues. Like mm. he's very much like your boy from Bad Batch, the really um yeah yeah tech tech. Thank you. Yes. So, so like yes, but I don't think that's always been the case. But I think that was some of them trying to be like, okay, he's the tech nerd More guy. Inclusive. What else can we do with? What else can gotcha. we do with this? Oh. All right, Brian. TMNT? My goodness. I was a Ninja Turtle <laughs> in the 80s and 90s. Like, I I had that Halloween costume, which I Hell think yeah. I wore outside of Halloween. <laughs> like, do you have a picture of Ninja it? Ninja Turtle, I... Do I have a picture yes. of it? I can put it on for you right now. <laughs> it's here. Send it. Send uh, the picture to us so we can put it on Instagram. I, I know you got one somewhere floating didn't you, around. Didn't, didn't you also. say you had... Wasn't that a Ninja Turtle one that you said? Like your aunt or somebody in your family made for you? Or is that a different thing you were? I no, had, you were a Battletoad. Battle that was a Battletoad. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, if that could have had a Ninja Turtle, all oh, that would have been the hardest shit ever. I And I was definitely uh, Michelangelo. I, I wanted to be the party dude. And, uh, you know, I realized watching this movie that I think why I identified with Michelangelo is because I'm the youngest in my family. Oh, and yeah. And the youngest, youngest of four is always like, you know, trying to be fun and like bring the peace, make sure everybody's having a good time. As I've aged, though, I think I've turned into kind of a Raphael. <laughs> 
Don't cross me. <laughs> I ain't got time for That's this all mess. <laughs> but yo, like Ninja, Ninja Turtles, I was the key demographic at that time when it came out for sure. And that you know, the first movie is you know is still one of my favorite. After I watched this new iteration, I went home and sat on the couch. HBO Max. I I had to get a taste of. <laughs> The first movie, because I was telling Anna, like, you know, actually, the live action movies were kind of gritty and a little bit edgy. And I started watching it. It's like, nope, (laughs) it's totally goofy. Uh, But my five year old memory or seven year old memory or whatever remembers it being a little bit gritty. It was. It was like, Uh, it wasn't well lit. Like, there's a lot of steam. You know, it was like, yeah, it was kind of dark, had a lot of texture. Um, I think the Foot Clan in the original movie. Like that being like a cult for wayward boys yeah. is also kind of dark. Uh, and then, of course, Secret of the Ooze, like who could forget Ninja Rap? Like, go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Like, that, yeah. that, was, that was the thing, man. Uh, and of course, Casey speaking Jones. of Filipinos, shout out to Kino, the pizza delivery boy, Ernie Reyes Jr., hey. who's also my idol growing up. Uh, the idol that wasn't. Uh, a, a tortoise or a turtle. Um, so yeah, Ninja Ninja Turtles is is defining is defining my childhood, right? And and I had all those toys. Jesus, I had. Um, I, had so I think toys. I remember Mondo Gecko because of the toy more <laughs> so than anything. Nice. Yeah, no, I definitely was big into turtles. I don't think I need to repeat all that. I had the uh, I had the van. I had I had oh, yeah. I had pizza shooters that were like you could like they had the little discs and you could like hit the little trigger and it would like send out these little discs of pizzas uh, or like plastic pizza. Uh, I had the action figures. Uh, I had a bunch of like greeting cards that like I could send to people for birthdays or give to people for their birthdays that like were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle themed. Play the video games. Um, I had the the old cartoons. There was like a set of like three movies. Um, one of them was like about the neutrinos, which were from like another dimension. Kang, Krang, Krang, the, Krang. the, the brain. He, he yeah. featured uh, prominently where he wanted a body. Uh, but but he, he lived in the belt area of the, the body, not like in the head, which was weird because he's a yep. brain. Off-brand MODOK. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, so I was big. I was big into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Loved them. Uh, were the neutrinos like the aliens or like people from another dimension mm-hmm. that were driving a cadillac yeah but without wheels fly. just a flying cadillac yeah. yeah yeah oh that's some weird stuff oh, weird good. stuff in the world of ninja turtles didn't have one when it went back in time yeah and it went back into like feudal japan oh yeah that that's the third movie the last oh i remember movie. that one too i don't think i saw it <laughs> uh, worth a watch yeah <laughs> maybe hi um but then, like, I mean, after a certain point, I kind of stopped watching Turtles. So there's a whole bunch of cartoons and stuff like that that I just never even checked out um, and some of the, you know, other movies and stuff. So uh, there's a big gap in my uh, my Turtle fandom. Uh, this is probably the first actual, like, movie I've seen of Turtles since Secret of the Ooze um, came out. So it's been about 30 years, 20 years, something like that since, since I've seen anything. All right, let's get into the movie. First of all, I think the thing that sticks out the most, uh, to me at least, right away was like the design and animation style. Certainly, there's a little bit of influence, it felt like, from from Across the Spider-Verse in, in that they were making it try to look like it was drawn. Um, and, and there were things that they did that were like more 2D sort of uh, design flair things. 
Um, but what did you think of the design and the uh, the style? Savan, were you thumbs up, thumbs down? Eh. No, big thumbs up. Liked it. Uh, it was fun to look at. It was very just stylized. I just respect anything being stylized, period. Uh, I like that it was stylized in a way where even the frame rate wasn't super smooth at all times. And it, again, gave that comic. It, it felt like a comic book and it was drawn, but it still had that 3D animation feel. I loved it. Uh, I think one of the parts that I really reflect back on the movie that stands out as well is I love how grotesque and ugly and asymmetrical all the humans in the movie were it because at first it threw me off because when i saw the trailers i saw the turtles and the turtles looked very like symmetrical <laughs> was that the word yeah, like they were yeah, yeah it just looked like they were like in, looked like they had like a jaw misalignment of some sort yeah all the humans were drawn in like a very ugly-esque way but in a stylized way that frankly i really enjoyed it kind of it it I don't quite I'm struggling to find the words to see what I liked about it but it made it feel very much more animated and fun and more over the top but in a way that juxtaposes well with a lot of the animal creatures who I think were purposely designed to look better on screen I think they also may have done that to code things as like more evil and more good so like April was fairly symmetrical and well drawn but like that the bad lady wasn't superfly was pretty asymmetrical so i think maybe that was also part of their choice yeah but a lot of the other animals in the crew the monsters and the mutants in the crew were also fairly symmetrical and like well because by the end we don't yeah exactly exactly so maybe Mm -hmm. no exactly like that's what i was thinking i like that yeah that went a long way overall the art style was really good it was unique and did its own thing and felt like i love that thick heavy brushstroke style and aesthetic of just showing streets and cities and stuff i loved it and it felt like it was doing its own thing but not trying to just copy what spider-verse did keeping in mind the movies came up like clearly in production in a space where i don't think they just tried to copy off of one but it stood outside it's probably the most creatively animated ninja turtles product i've seen of all the stuff i've seen and that's a lot of stuff so i that's like a very high compliment coming from yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, it's, you know, it's not the standard look of all the Pixar and DreamWorks movies. Um, and I think, you know, I think they owe a lot of that to Into the Spider-Verse, right? Of really pushing the visual style, doing something refresh, uh, refreshing and unique, uh, which they do do here. So, I, I mean, it definitely, to me, it definitely does like sit in the shadow of those Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse movies. Um, but it's still doing, it still has its own, has its own take, right? So it, it's, you know, it's doing like this sort of like pastel crayon thing. It's got the scribbles. To me, it really felt like an elevated version of like, like a high school art student's notebook mm-hmm. yeah. in a way. And I think that's kind of what they're going for. And with the character designs, especially like, um, you know, everybody is kind of, out of proportion right like you know either they're like really short or they're really round or their face is too big or you know heads heads too big whatever um and so i i think that gave it like a quirkiness that i i really enjoyed um but i will say that you know it i think the movie definitely for me like and including the art style it it 
it's hard to remove it from the shadow of the Spider-Verse movies. Uh, and so, like, you know, they, they stick to their art style. And I don't know that they really, like, brought anything else to go with it besides just having it, right? It just, just being, like, good and solid, um, which is, you know, unfortunate that I got to make that comparison. But it, it's just, like, impossible not to. Yeah, I didn't think... Yeah, I think if we hadn't seen Into the Spider-Verse or Across the Spider-Verse, we would be like, man, this is, like, really cool. Like, such a cool take on this, right? And, like, something we've never seen before. It didn't feel like something we've never seen before because we've seen Across the Spider-Verse, which brought in so many different types of art styles and, like, layered this, like, 2D look onto 3D animation. Um, And so now we're like, okay, like... This is cool. This is kind of like an extension of that idea, but not necessarily an innovation on that idea. Um, <clears throat> but I don't. I don't think that's a knock necessarily, right? Like, you know, it's not like you could do cell shaded animation. You could do all sorts of things. It just looks cool. I think they committed to it. I, in some ways, I think they decided, like, you know, across the Spider Verse, brought in several different styles into um, into the movie, depending on whether it was like setting um, driven or character driven, right? Like. Um, Gwen, whenever Gwen is on on the scene or whenever we're in Gwen's place, it's, you know, that watercolor pastel. But then we go to, like, Hobie, and he turns out to have a very different style, and, like, Miles has a different style. But this one said, no, like, we're going to keep the same. This is the same world. Everybody's living here, and all the characters live in the same world. And so the, the art style is going to stay the same the whole time. And I thought that was a good choice. Like, I didn't need them to bring in, like, 40 different, you know, visual visual looks to it just, just for the sake of bringing in more looks. I think in that case, less was more. Um, and just to really like embrace what they were, I'm I'm good with that. I I didn't need them to like invent a whole new art style just just because. It's more of Spider Verse just having really raised the bar ridiculously high than yeah, the, uh, not you know it's totally. almost like the after MJ everyone gets compared to MJ and it's like hey just because they're not MJ doesn't mean that they're not amazing. It just really speaks to the greatness of MJ rather than the deficiencies of whoever comes after. You know, whether they're a direct copy or a spiritual successor. Well said. Took me years to embrace LeBron. <laughs> he even... He's going to pass? What? He's going to pass? <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's honest. talk about the movie. TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Um, yeah. Superfly is the new villain. I've I've never heard of Superfly, so I don't know if that's a that's something from the comics or from previous things or if this is a brand new uh, He's villain. a staple character. He is, okay. He's Great. like a staple character, the fly villain. Most Teenage Ninja Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, the fly appears, but usually he's he's portrayed as like a cowardly scientist. Mm. Yeah, usually it's Baxter Stockman. Yeah. The guy who created Superfly is Superfly. The fly oh, okay, okay. Right? And he's not he cool. He becomes a mutant like, himself. Yeah, and he's like super nerdy, super weak. Yeah, yeah, he's not powerful. Uh He's just annoying. Everything you saw in the movie, outside of the science part, he isn't in, the, in other versions of him. All right. Well, he had big the 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 scientists in this one had big insult energy, so that was that was no good. Um, all right. But what did you think of of Superfly, the villain, uh, in this one? Did you did you enjoy him as the villain? Did you think he worked, Brian? What were you thinking when you saw Superfly? Heard him? You know, I mean, you definitely hear him. I mean, Ice Ice Cube is cold, man. Like, I, Ice Cube is is great as a villain. I was like listening listening to Superfly talk, and I was just like, oh damn! Like Ice Cube got better as an actor, didn't he? <laughs> he he he's actually like bringing some like nuance to this thing. Um, 
And I, you know, as a villain, like character design, right? We talked about like really intimidating, like monster, monster movie madness kind of situation going on here. And I think that, you know, that is fantastic. Um, and I think the arc that they gave Superfly and all the mutants just, you know, wanting some love, wanting love and acceptance. I think that's cool. And I think it 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 actually like really works nicely for uh, Ice Cube, NWA, um, and and just like having that kind of energy is like, well, if they're gonna hate, you know, we're just gonna destroy everything. Uh, and so, you know, I think he he works he works mostly as a villain. And and I got to shout out like the best line in the whole movie, like him barging through the back of the van and being like. Six in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Like the references, like just the fact that they have so many references in this, and the people who are directly involved with those references are the ones making them. Like that's that that that's for us adults. Yo, that's that's great stuff. Hell yeah, nice. Savon, what do you think of Superfly? Uh, I'm gonna just build off what Brian said. I loved it. Uh, First of all, my favorite part was how they juxtaposed. Him being voiced by Ice Cube and being portrayed as this super, super street, you know, super... Like, the guy had, like, an actual afro coming out the back of his head. He had the jewelry, the whip, you know. He, I don't know. I know y'all don't know this song, but the song he played was literally, like, the song called Superfly. Also, uh, you know, Superfly by Gucci Mane and Bruno Mars. And, like, I used to know that song. That was one of my favorite songs. Me and Tyler and Kendall used to bump that shit in college all the time. So to just... <laughs> Hear the song, I'm like, there's no way they playing that song. The song they playing? Oh, I'm in the theater. Oh, oh, losing my mind. So I love they juxtapose this urban, super, super street, talking street, all this stuff character. But he's also extremely he's he's probably the smartest, one of the smartest on character on screen characters in the whole movie, and they don't shy away from that. But the way that they blended those two together was amazing. Because Ice Cube constantly feels like, you know, Superfly feels like this. He's so cool and smooth and charismatic. And every time he talks, you love every line that comes out of his mouth. But there is no ambiguity that he is the bad guy. And it's so fun (laughs) to watch him be a villain. Like, and again, you don't really see Fly, like that character, normally he's like a weak fly. But to see him really feel like such a physical presence, zipping all over the place, like, feeling powerful even with his rhinoceros and you know warthog goons he still is just way more agile and posing he legit i'm gonna need you to show more respect for bebop and rocksteady hey it's a lot of names the the rhino and the yeah the warthog Warthog? first of all you're not about to give me you're not gonna give me grief about getting names wrong or simplifying (laughs) them we could do a whole other podcast on that But uh no, but Ice Cube, just all the just stuff. Oh hell no, we ain't trying to hear all this kumbaya type stuff. You know, his his lines were just top tier. He was fun. And then, you know, we can talk maybe more about it later, but uh the way they paralleled him and Master Splinter and how they could be one and the same thought was great. But also his origin story was just very sympathetic because when the turtles meet him, and you know, obviously it's gonna be a bit of spoilers, but his story is sympathetic. It makes perfect sense. I had yeah. to, it didn't feel contrived. It didn't feel like, oh, that don't make no sense. He raised his siblings when they lost everything, just like with Master Splinter. Tried to let them see the real world because he wanted to give it a chance. Got not rightfully, but got screwed over. And he rightfully was like, hey, yo, f this. Like, all everything he does is a very natural, makes sense response to the stuff. So just 
I don't know. I thought he was a great villain. I didn't think they were going to lean into the Superfly part of like, okay, Superfly. Does that mean he's going to be like, what did he mean by that? And I'm like, oh, they're going Superfly as in like old school, old school. Not just the Superfly, the fly (laughs) part. Like, homie was fresh. I was a huge fan. Loved it. I've always been like Ice Cube. In my opinion, he's never been a bad actor. But then again, I've seen all his movies, like including Friday, which at this point is like thirty years old. So I've always felt that Ice Cube had good acting chops. But he did a great job of bringing that street energy, but being super sophisticated and smart. And also, you can feel him dropping f bombs that aren't actually there. And I really got down with that. Great Fair. villain, loved him on screen. Nice. <coughs> all right. Uh, how did the jokes in the movie land with you? A lot of, a lot of references to pop culture, a lot of silliness. Um, you know, what were they saying? Like, <laughs> Ooh, you got, you got a burst of hormones all at once, you know, just like kind of throwaway lines. And in some ways the movie is, the jokes are kind of more aimed. I mean, I think in general, actually, I want to talk about this is that like the movie is generally J seemed like to me aimed kind of more at like maybe the like 10 to 12, 13 year old crowd. Brian. More, more so than it was aimed at like you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds. Um, and so in some ways, like the jokes were, you know, silly or whatever, like, were they working for you or were you like, ah, it's a little bit juvenile for me. You know, how was it going? Savan, what were you thinking? Well, that's, Oh yeah, Brian, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that's, that's kind of what makes this Ninja Turtles. Why I think part of why we all saw it because it's a fresh take on the turtles this is the first time that they're like young teenagers. Mm-hmm. They're, as you said, like in the 12 to 14, 15 range and like other Ninja Turtle movies, you know, they they might joke around and, and whatever, but they, they feel a little older. This one there for sure, like kids, yeah. the, these turtles are kids. They felt like middle schoolers and they, almost. They do the things that kids do and talk about the things that kids talk about, um, which, yeah, which is like, I guess one it's like funny, but it's also like, well, you know, I'm 39. <laughs> Do I really know what they're talking about? <laughs> like, sort of. <laughs> um, but you know, that's I like. You know, what I did catch was was pretty good and pretty hilarious. Like, especially, I mean, I know Wes, you're you're about to talk yeah. about it, but like the whole like New York thing, <laughs> like big egg cheese, like yeah, <laughs> like, doing that kind of stuff. Um, was pretty wild to see in a Ninja Turtles movie. Like of all of all movies to have those kind of like in depth, very specific pop culture references. Uh, this one just had it in spades. Yeah, and I don't know if that's going to lend itself to have staying power, but I don't think that matters, right? Like this movie was just like let's have fun this year and make all the references we can to things that are like now. Savan, what you yeah. Do? Uh, so it's funny because Brian and I were talking about this before we started the show. Like I was t- saying, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Is <laughs> go ahead uh, the pop the go pop ahead. culture references were top tier. Uh, yeah. It was here's my thing about a lot of movies that make a lot of pop culture references. It's not whether or not they age well or not. It's a do you do the writers are the writers so old that they're frozen in time to what pop culture actually is. Because there are people in our age range in movies that are still making pop culture references from shit from like the 90s and 80s. And it's just like, dude, that's not just because that's what's pop culture to you. That don't mean that's what pop culture is anymore. And this movie, I think, was very intentionally written by people who understand the ways that pop culture has shifted in the last 20, you know, 20, 30 years. 
Like that's very, that's extremely important for me. And so for me, those references were hilarious. They landed. Some of them were ones we would get. Like some of them are pop culture references that everyone would get. They're just modern. Like yeah. talking about talking about Tom Brady and Beyonce and Drake <laughs> and Adele. And, you know, it's like, all right, we're talking about just the modern top artists of the world. Those are relevant pop culture things that those jokes will still age well five, six years from now. Because yeah. these are big, some of the biggest pop culture icons, right? Uh the bacon egg stuff is just like, like you could tell they were all in the studio together recording this because the chemistry and them talking over and joking the way actual groups of friends do felt super organic and real. And that made a lot of the jokes land rather than just someone says a line, someone else responds. Like, no, there are a bunch of siblings who are joking, laughing, yelling over each other. Like, it almost gave me the energy of how we can be in the PlayStation chat sometimes, Wesley, right? Where <laughs> yeah. there's a point where we all just, ah, rabble, rabble, rabble. You know, you know what I mean? It was. Like, it was a very organic vibe, and I love that. Yeah. Again, and I said, again, I was talking to Brian before the show, this, every other version of the I would argue they don't come off as teenagers at all. You could just have them be adults, and you wouldn't really change their lines or how they behave besides Mikey being silly. But, you know, outside of that, they never came off as teens. But this one, I pull up the cast. These are, like, actual young boys, like youngins, kiddos. So it makes the childishness, <laughs> it makes the childishness way more believable. And another bit they did that I really appreciated was uh, there were references and jokes that clearly I get what the joke is supposed to be. I get the gist of it, but I'm not meant to be the target audience for that joke. Like I was telling Brian, you know, they had a BTS reference where they were all strapped to the, oh, yeah. the milking machine. <laughs> and, um, They're like, you don't even know the lyrics. Yeah, but they were talking about like BTS. I believe they said nipples. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's like the, the, the Ninja Turtles always had a little bit of a juvenile twist to them. So, like, that's, you know, I think that's pretty tame, all things considered. But the fact that they did the BTS reference, I know who they are. I know they're like a, a, a South Korean boy band. I know that much. I don't really know too much else about them. But I know enough to know that this is the kind of stuff teenagers are in love with and would absolutely be making jokes about. Or all of the anime references and fours of, like, some of it were nerd references, but nerd references that like kids are very much plugged into like do i appreciate the attack on titan references hell yeah but bro and wes you work in a school so you know it too them kids love them some effing anime they love yeah. attack on titan like they walk around with the t-shirts and aaron yeager jokes so like if i if my old ass could appreciate some of the anime jokes and references i can only imagine what the kids did and them actually you know them recording themselves with the camera slicing stuff like and <laughs> if i had this tech as a teenager this is what me and my friends would have been doing absolutely and I you remember, had access to a razor sharp katana yeah i mean well, i mean i'm gonna keep it a buck when me and tyler were like younger tyler had swords and shit and we would absolutely Kids be do doing wild stuff we were doing absolutely not like we didn't have like fruit to slice up but we absolutely were in backyards effing around with like ninja swords and stuff that we had, you know he had gotten from conventions like it's not that we just didn't have smartphones to record it and do our yeah. nonsense in slow-mo high def but <laughs> they felt like actual teens and they made jokes that everyone can get but teenagers in particular will really appreciate and i'm glad that the writers the writing team recognized that pop culture has evolved past just the references we've known. Yeah. It's moved forward, and they really leaned into that. No one, no one did the floss dance. Thank God. I mean, but that's what. Also, no one said Kel Bunga. <laughs> no, they did. It, it, it did it once at the very end. Really? Oh, I didn't oh, hear. It. When Mikey end? was throwing it. the thing into the mouth of the dude in slow motion, he was yelling Kawabunga. Oh, was he? I didn't see that. Yes, he, they right. had one Kawabunga in slow Thank motion you. at the finale. Give me, give me a little something. All right. Um, 
Yeah, that scene where where they're like where April's filming them and they're just like hamming it up. Yo. Like that the I was like, this is I was like, this is Savan and Kendall and Tyler. Anytime they're hanging out or they're drunk, and like, we outside. We yeah, outside. that's how we be. That's how we be. Look, we all apex getting it in. Video. Hot drop, hot drop, hot drop. You know, like any activity, we you could do that into. Eventually, it will devolve or evolve into snapping, dancing, maybe some. Just all kinds of air yeah. we in this thing. No, was that like, was. I was like, I'm glad I'm friends with these guys because I've heard these references now before. <laughs> I don't even know what the original reference is or if it matters, but I was like, but that's all. This it just reminds me of these guys. It looked like friends. It like it genuinely looked like friends just joking it up. Like yeah. there are so many different groups of people in my life where we've all had moments like that. I was playing GTA with my brother and his friends like earlier this week, and there are moments where we're all in the chat doing stuff like that, just joking, making noise. It's half nonsense, half like, nah, man, we're doing a thing right now. Yeah. Well, it's also like they're trying on different personas, right? Like they're they're at that age where they're not they're trying to figure out who they are too. So. They're just like trying on different things and being like, oh, I seen that on TV. So like that must be what humans do or that must be what adults do. So I'm going to try that and see if that works. So I don't know. I think it worked on many levels for them to do that. But and then she was. Was it. (laughs) Yeah. Was it too much pop culture references, though? I don't think so. Did you did you feel that way? I mean, it felt right for like these teenagers. Yeah. Like it it felt like pretty pretty appropriate. But I think like. As a movie, though, you know, as as like watching a story, it did it did feel kind of more like a hangout movie <laughs> than, than like an action movie or or like a you know like a core Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna go on this adventure. Like a lot of it was was kind of just hanging out, yeah. um, which is which I like. I appreciate. Like it did feel pretty authentic. I think that's when they're um, at their best, honestly. Yeah, like, right. no, I I don't disagree with you though. Like it was very, it leaned heavily into the hangout buddy comedy element of things compared yeah. to other. It Ninja felt like Turtles. a Seth Rogen movie. Yeah, compared <laughs> to other. Yeah, but honestly, I think that's what makes it work. I think sometimes what's made other Ninja Turtle stuff work is that it's fun to watch them be badasses, but you don't get to see them be brothers and really act like siblings. Well, they usually sometimes fight they act, more. Yeah, which maybe works better with the, like the young adult element of them, but like also sometimes a bunch of teenage brothers and friends are like will actually just get along and have fun. And yeah, that was nice. The biggest thing was Leonardo being a narc, and I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which again, that's how siblings be, and I get yeah. it. But I don't know. They sold me on the as someone who has a bunch he of was siblings, trying to do the right thing. He's, yeah. he's the older one. He's the people yeah. pleaser. He was definitely more lovable in this than other versions. So was Raph, Leonardo, though, right? Where he's just like boy, pure Boy Scout. Uh, yeah, like this. He, you know, he's got feeling. Yeah. He, he's the, just the older brother. A little awkward. Raph, Raph was yeah. also more lovable, right? Raph is oftentimes like just kind of a dick. Uh, yeah, and he wasn't. Yeah, just a brooding. Yeah, because they yeah. made them actual like head. teenage, like pre, not like late teenagers, like, like actual pre-teen preteens. Yeah. They still like, got some worked. innocence, some nice to them. Yeah, they're still kids. Like right. at the, out the whole movie, I was like, oh man, they are kids. Yeah, and I'm glad you guys that pointed that out. Well. I kind of didn't didn't clock that, but yeah, that's for sure, right? All right, so this movie. I don't know. They pretty much just got everyone and their mom to act in it. It's like Maya Rudolph and uh, Io Ed Debiri. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. She's from The Bear. Seth Rogen's obviously in it. They got Rose Byrne, Giancarlo Esposito, Jackie Chan, John Cena. Like they just pulled out all the stops. Paul Rudd, Post Malone as uh, as the singing um, <laughs> Ray Fillet. Oh, that was Post Malone. <laughs> that was Post Malone. Oh, I didn't catch that. The um, meta jokes are good, bro. 
Hannibal Burris had a had a little bit of a spot here. So was there anybody that stood out to you uh, besides uh, our problematic friend Ice Cube or uh, anybody else that you were that you were enjoying? I actually couldn't tell who's whose voicing was who. Um, so nothing really stood out to me. I thought everybody just did a great job being being their character. I had no idea that Paul Rudd was going to be in this movie. And then <laughs> so when Mondo Gecko comes on screen and just starts vibing with <laughs> Michelangelo and then it it clicked on me. I was like, is that Paul Rudd? Oh, you knew. I, I didn't know until just now until I looked it up. Right. That is Paul Rudd. And he like he he's sort of playing his his like goofy self from like 40 year old virgin but also just like a heightened version of like the surfer guy and forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> and and it and it kind of just like works nicely it, it was very funny and it's also funny because he's in the mcu as ant-man and they're making mcu jokes in the movie right know? like they have like the cardboard cutouts of like <laughs> chris the different Pye, chris's chris Brad, evans yeah, yeah. Chris evans. and uh <clears throat> and then, I mean, they were also talking about Endgame too at one point. Hulk, they oh. had the whole Hulk Mark Ruffalo thing, and they made that uh, reference like twice. Yeah, yeah Mark yeah, Ruffalo. He, he yeah. improv that whole scene. <laughs> yeah, and, but like, and Paul Rudd is in there, so it's it's all sorts of like layers of just like pop culture um, have have it so many ways, and it paying off. It felt uh, updated. But yeah, Paul Rudd was a standout for me. Hmm. Right on. Sav, anybody for you that was a standout? Oh, man. Okay, I could just go and spin the block and talk about how much I loved Ice Cube in this movie again because he was effing amazing. But uh, I will say one that kind of caught me slipping a little bit was, honestly, like the big names were nice and all. And I will say this. Okay, I will say two things. One, I like Jackie Chan as Master Splinter. Not necessarily because... Yeah, and for me, it was not necessarily because of the voice acting itself, although it was, like, good. It was the way that they blended the characters with their actual voice actors and what they did. So what made me appreciate Jackie Chan more was that his voice acting was solid, but him being the old man master like he is in real life and then fighting the villains in the end the way jackie chan does in a jackie chan movie oh, yeah. with using all the items around him in the chairs and like a, he's kicking ass but it looks half accidental half like nah he knows exactly what he's trying to do uh his back hurts yeah like <laughs> i like that like i think what i appreciate it was the way they blended the, oh, the same with ice cube right like i like that it was Lots of animated movies take celebrities and put them into these roles. And it's like, okay, we're going to put them there for name recognition. But I like when you can actually blend in the history of other work they've done to make the character in the film more alive. Uh, that felt like the voice casting felt really intentional. And it made me respect the choices a lot more. But the biggest standout was the Ninja Turtles, dude. Like, I'm trying to pull up the different kids' Wikipedias, and they don't have them because there's just young bloods. But I'm looking at this kid, Micah Abbey, who plays Donatello, Brady Noon, who plays Raph, uh, Shaman Brown, Shaman Brown Jr., who plays Michelangelo. These are like kids. Like, they still have the baby fat on their face, kids. Like, they're yeah. youngins. They look young. And that really, like, to me, that was the best part of the movie. Them, they felt like kids. So when they were getting their ass beat, I'm like, oh, they are in over their head. And it made it feel <laughs> way more real. And when they did cool stuff, it was sold that like, hey, these are kids doing cool stuff. So even when they got into that first fight in the garage, right, they're kicking ass, putting hands on them. It was the kids, though. They like sold me on just all the stakes, them beating people up. They still came off as super goofy, lovable. 
if I'm just thinking about all the lines in the movie, and if anybody else besides the actual kid voice actors had delivered those, it would have just taken away from the collective movie as a whole. Because again, them being sold as teenagers sells the stakes of the movie, it sells the stakes of their interactions, and it makes just all the goofy stuff they do feel way more grounded rather than just every other version of the Turtles where they're basically just adults. And they just put teenage in the title because that's just what the name of the IP is. So shout out to Ice Cube and Jackie Chan, but I got to give it to the four Turtles. They all absolutely killed it especially mikey who really sold me on that like that little brother like he reminded me of just some of the innocent kids at the schools i used to work at who just they're just young and they vibe and they just want to be friends with everybody they're super friendly like there's so many kids like that in real life and to see that actually be accurately portrayed in a movie which doesn't happen often and it feel authentic really uh went a long way because apparently a lot of the sessions they had them in the studio together and so i think that also really like, you know, a lot of American animation, they don't keep them in the studio together. It's more of, I know in more Japanese animation, they put everybody in the studio together to make it feel more organic. Uh, they did that, and it paid off dividends for this movie. Nice. All right, let's take a side, a little sidebar here. So if you were going to be an animal, mutant, hybrid, something like that, what would you pick for yourself, Savan? Oh, that's Brian first. I got to think about that. I just finished. Mm, all right. Brian, right. do you got an answer yet? I don't know if I have an answer. I'm gonna go with uh, how about a how about a dolphin? Could I be a dolphin? Hell yeah! Could he I be was, like he was a humpback the... whale. I think you could be a dolphin. Right. I, the The humpback whale was kind of interesting, <laughs> though. I I didn't love that the movie ended with a kaiju fight. <laughs> uh, but like the idea of like one of the smartest mammals on the planet. Also be just like mutinized, but like a cool swimmer kind of animal, right? Like, have you ever seen a dolphin in the ocean? Like, they're pretty bad. Like, these things are smooth. They're, they're like, I, I've like ridden on a boat and like a dolphin was riding alongside the boat. And it was just like riding in our current, riding out of the current, riding alongside, just like having a good time. And when I think vibing, I think dolphins vibe. <laughs> right. Like they're, they're always rolling deep with other dolphins. Yeah. And, and they, you know, I think they're just having a lot of fun and they're like fucking smart. Um, so like a mutant version of that, like maybe I'd be a little, I'd, you know, I'd be uh, off. I would be off land all the time, but at least I could live my best beach self uh, and, and just be cruising. I, I'd be cruising the dolphin, man. That'd be good. That'd be good. I think I definitely would not want to be like a sea creature because there's just like less happening in the sea, you know? So like, oh, there's so much happening. But trying to, but then like, I would totally miss out on all the stuff going on land. So that makes it a little bit harder. I definitely am not going to go insect route. Like insects kind of freak me out a little bit or like bugs in general. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down with that. So, so I'd probably have to pick some sort of like mammal or, you know, something like that. So I feel like I would try and go with, you know, something like a monkey just for the agility, you know, like, or a chimpanzee just for like that strength and agility. Like I, that's what I would want. Like in my life, I'm, I'm not downgraded human. I'm not, I'm not very <laughs> <Right>? athletic, <laughs> but, but in terms of physical prowess, much, much more athletic than humans. Uh, it would you grab stuff with your feet. Yeah. I'm, I'm very unathletic. I'm not super coordinated, not very strong. You know, having those chimpanzee powers combined with you know some of the human intelligence, I think I could really make some some work there. Um, 
like like a tiger maybe but then like you know you're just you're, you're just like you could run fast i guess i don't know you could tear things up but there's a lack of like vocal cords there i'm not sure i'm not i'm not sure what's going on there well all of them can talk so i guess that's true i don't know Except maybe a tiger merge. would be cool too but i think i think chimpanzee or some kind of monkey would be pretty dope you'd be the monkey king yeah all right uh song wukong all right uh, so have you got an answer? You should we move on? Yeah, I'll be an eagle man. I won't Ooh. be a bird man. Uh-oh! Eagle man. Uh-oh! Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> bird, bird man, play ball. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're just trying to get on some tracks. Yeah, I'm saying I'm just trying to uh-oh! as a feature. Oh yeah, play ball, cash money, young money. We up in this thing. Nah, I'll be you know full bird man. Uh, I want to be like some kind of eagle hybrid. I'd be able to okay. fly. That's pretty badass. As we yeah, saw in the movie, if you could fly, you can like do some shit. Yeah. Like All they right, no that's BS a good answer. Line. Yeah, good Eagle answer. Man. If I had a superpower, flight would definitely be my superpower for sure. All right, overall, how would you grade this movie? I want to go first because <clears throat> I want you guys to tell me if I'm if I'm like way off base here. So this oh, movie, like I mentioned earlier, to me it seems like it's more aimed at like that kind of nine to thirteen crowd, maybe a little bit older, but it's kind of around that age where it seemed like they were aiming at. It wasn't super violent, like they didn't have blood. Uh, the 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 structure of the movie wasn't very complicated. The emotions and the the sort of identity questions that were being asked were sort of more middle school, early high school questions. Um, and they they didn't take it necessarily to like the depth of of emotion that that some other projects have taken it, like Across the Spider Verse. Um, and and we got a Paw Patrol uh trailer ahead of it. So hey, you know, we don't need to talk yeah. about that. We don't need to talk about oh, that at all. You didn't get a Paw Patrol trailer? No, I did. I did. We don't need to talk about it. No, but it tells, Chase is on the case. It tells you who who this is intended for. My my movie theater had a ton of kids in it, um, like younger kids. So, to me, the one weakness of the movie, which isn't really like a, I don't think it's a fair criticism, but for me, the one weakness of the movie is that it actually isn't quite as like deep or whatever as I wanted. Like it wasn't asking questions that like I needed to have answered, um, and so I wasn't as invested in the movie as as I think someone who was younger would be. Um, and so for that for for that reason for me I think it wasn't quite like on that top tier of like oh damn like everybody needs to see this movie um, it just wasn't aimed at adults so overall to me you know like I would give it probably like a four out of five or something like that or maybe a, you know a high three point something um, just just because I don't think I was like the target for for who was supposed to enjoy this movie as much I enjoyed it I had a good time I think other people would enjoy it but in, in terms of like was it like a movie that's going to impact my life or change my way of thinking. Like, I don't think it did. Um, whereas other movies have had more of an emotional impact. Savant is looking at me like I'm crazy. So, uh, Savant, take it away. How would you grade this movie? What are you thinking? Uh, and that's why I wanted to go first. I wanted to see what you guys were at. Like, is that an unfair way to look at the movie or feel about the movie? That's a fair way to feel about the movie because you have to contextualize the target audience and what it's going for. So you can contextualize that of why you did or didn't enjoy it. I don't think it's fair to actively hold that against the movie either, though. Like, one of my things that I talk the movie up about is explicitly that they know their target audience and they shoot for that. Yeah. And I don't like when movies, honestly... Try like, to do too Ninja much. Turtles, Ninja Turtles is never meant to be deep and super serious. It's, or at least, you know, the comics are, like, violent, but it was never meant to be super existential. It was meant to be... In fact, Ninja Turtles, remember, it's like low-key a parody of Daredevil. Y'all know about that little thing, right? Like... 
It's like a like it, it's never meant to be taken super seriously. So I'm not I'm never gonna go into a Ninja Turtle movie expecting now if they can do it, cool, but I'm never gonna expect it to be some existential reflecting on my life type thing. I wanna see some ninjas, be silly, be brothers, go on adventures and fight shit. And, and I think if you try and if you try and take that too seriously, it starts taking the fun out of the movie. Like even the Master Splinter did the origin story, he kind of even hand waved away. Yeah, y'all were babies. I was old, so I became an old rat. Y'all became baby teenage rats. Makes perfect sense. Like even they, <laughs> even they tongue in cheek hand wave. Like don't think too much about this, bro. <laughs> and that's how you should approach this movie. It knew its audience. It was funny. It was entertaining. It felt authentic and gave us the best turtle brother dynamic I've seen in Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtle media. And the jokes were still aimed at a younger crowd, while still I think some olders like old people like us could still appreciate a lot of the other jokes and like it still had like some you know a stewie reference and a hair on it reference so it's not like they were completely <laughs> only aiming funny. at teens yeah and it was still funny so i think that's a fair reason to contextualize what things you didn't like about the movie i don't think it's fair to let that take away from your rating because it was never you know i've never been someone that judges a fish by its ability to fly you know like it was trying it wasn't it was never trying to be that so it's not fair to grade it that way that being said, this movie gets a very solid like 8.5 or 9 for me. It was nice. entertaining. It did what it was supposed to do. And it was a great, one of the best Ninja Turtle movies put out in a sea of a lot of Ninja Turtle movies, some of which are genuinely good. Brian, how are you rating this? Are they, are they genuinely good? So, Have you watched them recently? So, okay, so in my is- mind, I thought they were genuinely good too until <laughs> I watched like 5 or 10 minutes last right. night. So, I'm like, actually, ah, I don't know about that. So I have a legit answer today. I want to let you get to your review, but this is what I'll say. I'm not going to talk about the live actions because I think those weren't particularly great. But in the 2000s, they have a lot of good animated movies, including like Ninja Turtles versus Batman, which is really, really good. Uh, There's the TMNT Forever, which is like a crossover of the original 1984 Ninja Turtles with the 2003 animated series, like a multiverse crossover movie that came out in like 09. Really good movie. Oh, ahead of their time. Yeah, that you even get a reference. You even get a reference at the end of the original black and white gritty Ninja Turtles. So there's like three different iterations of the turtles that appear in that movie. Good movie. That 2007 Ninja Turtles movie, the animated CGI one, is also really good because it takes place like Master Splinter's dead at this point already, and Leo had like a training arc that happened before the movie. Like I, I won't speak for the live action, but for the animated stuff they put out in the last 20 years, a lot of it is solid. Or, like, it's not just trash and they're just rebooting it, putting out more trash. Most of it's pretty good. So, you know, I take all that into consideration. Thought it was a good movie. What about the Michael Bay version? I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? But but I did see the scene where they were in the elevator beatbox rapping. And I'm like, if the movie's anything like that, it can't be awful. <laughs> But I, I that think said, when it's I'm got not the Michael Bay it. stamp on it, it can be awful. Yeah, but <laughs> that's what you can be assured. Yeah, of. so that one knows. So I think Ninja Turtles tends to fall short in the live action medium, but whenever they do animated content, they do they do it really well, and they do a good job of spicing it up from iteration to iteration in terms of art style, themes, characterization. So, you know, uh, I think it's a. I think most of their movies have been pretty solid, and I thought this one was one of the better ones. <clears throat> I think it's hard for me to know like what to expect from a Ninja Turtles movie, uh, probably because I I have not seen all the ones that you have just listed. I didn't. In the past I didn't know any years. of them existed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, like, 
basically my my attraction to Ninja Turtles comes from 80s, 90s nostalgia. And I don't remember very well what exactly the essence of Turtles are besides my personal memories of it. And and so like with any nostalgia bait, right, like you sort of want the nostalgia to grow up with you in the way that, you know, Star Wars has has kind of grown up in, in, in certain ways right and like other ip does that and so like jumping into this ninja turtles movie that is very much a kid movie felt a little bit weird right yeah and like it was like really enjoyable i I love the hangout aspect of it i love the the brotherly joking and and tomfoolery that's that's going on uh you know i love that hangout vibe and also ice cube but but i will say you know, I did desire something else. Like I wanted more ninja-ing, you know, I wanted more action. I wanted more, uh, you know, just like kind of like comic book craziness that you don't get too much of here, honestly, because, because it is more about the relationships and the jokes. Um, and I didn't, I did not like the kaiju fight at the end, right? Like to me that, that just felt like, kind of like a left turn into a different type of movie. And then the way that they resolve it also feels similar to a lot of other movies. And then you take the fact that this is coming after two Spider-Verse movies, which, you know, like it's just impossible for me not to make that correlation or that comparison. Mm -hmm. And, and those movies feel epic. Yeah. uh, Which make this movie feel very small to me and it you know honestly it did kind of feel like uh you know an afternoon on the couch watching an animated movie like a a straight to tv animated movie Mm. in some ways that said it was enjoyable like i'm I'm glad i saw it so ultimately i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten uh but you know again like 39 year old i'm probably not I'm not the target audience for this. I, I appreciate it for what it is. Uh, but, you know, maybe I want I want something a little bit different out of a Ninja Turtle vehicle. Would you have liked to see this with like, had, like kids or like, you know, a nephew or something? Or you think you would have enjoyed this in a different way? I mean, yeah. Maybe some people if, I saw going in the, with their kids and it's like, you know, for some people, that's their first Ninja Turtle thing for their kids generation. And they grew up on it the way y'all did. You think that would have made? Yeah, you yeah, it totally it could be. And like the. The theater that I saw it in was kind of empty, and is and probably there's maybe like one child there, and everybody else is an adult. So, you know, there wasn't really any there wasn't really any laughter going on, <laughs> which kind of sucked. Um, but yeah, like maybe if if I could feel it in context of the target demographic and they're having a good time. Yeah, it, it would probably shaped my experience more. The kids, the but kids you know, when I go to the movies, I want I want. You know, I want a certain type of experience, yeah. and this, you know, didn't quite this get had that. a. This was vibey. Yeah. This is a, this is more a vibey kind of experience. That's so. fair. My theater definitely had like younger folks, kids, yeah. teenagers with their parents, and there were certain jokes where they clearly the youngins were clearly laughing their ass off. Yeah. Like the BTS joke, like I kind of was like, "Huh, that's funny," but some of the kids were like, "Oh, this is." <laughs> top tier <laughs> yeah or especially like the milking machine oh joke God. they oh, love they that love shit. the milking machine jokes they love that shit <laughs> all right 
Um, I want to I want to mention two things before we head out. And you guys can respond to is the one I think big props to their imagining of April um, O'Neill in this one as just being a completely different April O'Neill than than I've ever seen before. Uh, I thought that was that was cool, just not to be boxed in by like what she's been in the past, and just to make her a brand new like younger uh, you know student with her own you know hangups and stuff like that. Um, and and I think the audience gets to relate to her a little bit on like, hey, you know, these are the things that we struggle with. And sometimes you just got to keep going with it. Um, and then I don't know. I forgot the other thing, so it doesn't matter. One thing I guess I wanted to add in there. <laughs> well, can I Great. can I add Thank one you. last thing? That of course. One of, one of the best lines of dialogue in the movie in the very beginning. <laughs> Remember what dad taught us. Humans are the scourge. And blah, blah, blah. They want to destroy everything that's different to them, which I know is objectively prejudiced, but it's what our dad. It's how our dad raised us. <laughs> that was such a good way to just open up this film and set the tone for the humor, at least for me. Like that bit had me ready to like, oh, it's one of them kind of movies. And actually, the other thing I gotta add is a uh, shout out to the soundtrack. We didn't talk about the soundtrack at oh, all. Oh, the soundtrack was good. Yeah. The yeah. I feel like they put it like this. All I'll say for the soundtrack is they could have been way lazier with some of the songs that they put in and just did like cookie cutter pop pop song whatever song you put in the trailer for the movie thing and that would have been it they were way more intentional and did a good blend of organic hip-hop for scenes that involve ice cubes character superfly that fit the tone with like the gucci Mane and the and the uh wu-tang odb tracks but then also fun meme music like that what is it four non-blondes or something no what's going on oh, yeah including the actual online He-Man meme version of the song. Again, the people who put this film together are way more in touch with what the pop culture landscape looks like rather than just, you know, like what you saw in like Love and Thunder or even Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just like these are all very on the nose. We've heard this song a million times in a million movies type vibe. They knocked that part out the park and I would like legit want to pick up the soundtrack to this film. My second, my second point. I remember now because you said about the soundtrack. Actually, the sound design was really good. Like the way they mixed it, like shit was like all around me in this theater, and they did a really good job of like making the sounds like really cool. So props to them. Uh, that was just a small point. Brian, any last thoughts before we take it out of here? Oh, there was a sigh that landed in one of the turtles' legs. Oh. And then they all freaked <laughs> out. They're like, yes. "Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god!" <laughs> And it's, it's kind of weird. They immediately healed because uh, no mention of that after that. There's a, also a ninja star in April's helmet. She was like, this is that a good investment. Killed her. She was like, this is a good investment. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah, the helmet right. jokes are great. Because the helmet uh, saved it like multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. All right, friends. That'll do us. Uh, hit us up on Confidently Wrong or at Confidently Wrong. Uh, no, sorry. Is that right? At Confidently underscore pod. I don't know. Something like that. On Instagram, you know where to find us. It doesn't matter. We're really good at the social medias. <laughs> we need to be on Socials. TikTok. That's that's where all the new kids are going. All right, y'all. We're out of here. See you later. Bye. Cowabunga. <laughs> Cowabunga, dude.